that entrepreneurship has gotten to a point where you can take an idea and at least fuel it enough to make a minimum viable product that you can take to market and get a sense of, is there a potential need buyer uh, community that will accept this? Hey, Ted Huff here from FinTech Confidential. Are you struggling with payment technologies and feeling left behind in the digital commerce revolution? No worries. Let me introduce you to MPC 2023, the premier event for payments leaders. This is your chance to shake hands and rub shoulders with the world's top experts in payments, loyalty, blockchain, digital currencies, cybersecurity, consumer privacy, and other emerging fintech solutions, connecting you directly with the future of commerce. And if you haven't already, mark your calendars for August 23rd through the 25th and join me and Fintech Confidential at the Westin Atlanta Perimeter North. Now here's the best part. When you sign up for Fintech Confidential notifications, you will receive a discount up to 100% off. Yeah, you heard it right, up to 100% off. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now at www.fintechconfidential.com forward slash notifications. Don't let the future of commerce pass you by and join me at MPC in Atlanta from August 23rd through the 25th, where it's all about the movement of money. Welcome to Fintech Confidential, bringing you the people, tech, and companies that change how you pay and get paid. Oz, welcome to the show. Hey, Ted, appreciate you having me on. So before we dive into all the hard-hitting questions, you've had over 15 years of experience. I think this is startup number six that you're working on. You coach startup founders. I mean, you're a score mentor. Dude, it sounds like entrepreneurship is like deep in your DNA. And I'd love for you to share with everybody, how in the heck did you end up falling into fintech? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting story. Uh, I've been in the the space uh, for startups now almost two decades. And coming out of uh, the retail manufacturing, uh, wholesale kind of side of the world, uh, going into uh, tech was quite interesting, uh, learning about software as a service. I've done a number of different companies, all kind of in the tech startup space. And, you know, I quickly realized for me, the, you know, having done large companies to move to startup and tech made uh, a big difference, you know, where I found that uh, I could better serve kind of the, the market, the, the customers, you know, being part of the, the collaboration of bringing something from kind of that zero to one uh, was really a cool kind of addictive kind of thing. It's like once you've tasted that, it's, it's really hard to kind of go back to being a kind of a cog in a very giant uh, machine. So. Uh, startup been really kind of passion since then. Yeah. And now, like I said, you know, startup number six, uh, the, the team actually, uh, we, we've all worked together for a long time and we actually kind of went back to after we had a previous exit, say, okay, let's go solve a, a critical issue that we found was just, uh, a big problem for us as we started the last company, which was all around capital. And this, this, this whole industry is very interesting. <laughs> that, you know, fintech has been rocking my world as far as just how much, how active it is and so much, especially like the last five years. 
there's a lot of movement. Awesome. So can you can you help us understand like that moment when you and your partners were sitting down and saying, this is the problem we want to solve and kind of help us understand, you know, what what was it that that got you deciding to to make that that jump to jump into fintech? Drawing board the CEO, when he reached out, he's like, hey, I want to get the band back together this time around. Let's go solve this issue around capital. Uh, when, when it comes to, you know, whether it's SaaS companies, whether it's e-commerce companies, it's a space that traditional lenders, banking, just they don't know how to underwrite it. They don't know how to capitalize it. And it's a, it's a problem. I mean, if you're starting something new, you need capital to kind of grow and expand and scale the business up. And if we could figure out and knowing kind of that space well, that if we could go help those type of uh, customers, then that became very kind of close to our heart as far as, you know, we've gone through that journey. We, we know how to uh, underwrite that type of business. We know the kind of problems they face. And it just seemed like a good move for us to go solve the, the itch we had, you know, a decade prior to. So. If we can help uh, future entrepreneurs. And if you look, you know, in the, the last probably what, five, six years, all these universities, everybody's got programs specifically designed on to, uh, around entrepreneurship. Yeah. Uh, which is you know, great because it's, it's, you know, the thing that kind of keeps the economy going. It's a, the oldest kind of career profession. It's the, the, uh, whether small business, large, it's the system that kind of makes everything run. So, uh, the fact that you can potentially learn and, and actually, not kind of stumble your way through it is is nice. That's a big shift in where things were before. Well, and you brought up one thing that that has been top of mind. I mean, I've been part of numerous startups. Um, I help startups all the time, especially when they're trying to figure out, hey, I've got this great idea, but I don't understand what the bank is asking me. I don't speak that language. Can you help me bridge that gap? And, and I do a lot of that through my consulting group and we, we focus on that. But before I dive into like how you guys really help these folks get through the process of getting capital, you've gone over some really interesting things about entrepreneurship and how you guys got into fintech. But can you describe in your own words what the mission and vision of Viably is? Yeah, really what we're looking to do is really solve this problem for, for uh, e-commerce folks. You know, the, the vision was really, it goes back to, you know, solving this problem around, uh, e-commerce businesses not being able to go to any other kind of traditional means. Um, they, they want to grow their businesses. They've got, uh, uh, scalability issues and, you know, the e-commerce, if you look back in these, probably this last five, six years, it's really blown up. And the, the market is, they could be a whole lot bigger. I think that's just probably undercapitalized. And if we could really help this, uh, segment of the, the space that's really booming, especially I think COVID was another factor that, uh, some businesses got impacted pretty hard, but other, you know, e-commerce in some of those spaces within e-commerce really took off. Um, because everybody started shopping from home. It's like, okay, I can't go anywhere. Let me just place it online. So 
there there was a big need that you know the, the I don't think they anticipated uh, all the potential growth that they were going to have, and they quickly got to a point where okay, I'm growing at a rate that you know I can't have my current kind of cash flow and stuff handle that, so I need to go find some other means. So when we looked at kind of the the overall market, we we're like okay, what what's really needs to be serviced? Okay, there. That the, coming from the SaaS space, there's a lot of players in that space. Um, we, we know it well, but it's very highly competitive. When we look at small business as a whole, there's a lot of, you know, there's a huge variety from a property management company to a lawn service to a, a dry cleaner. There's all different types of small businesses, but they're so different. There's nothing kind of uh, similar in the sense of, okay, you know, how can we best serve them? And when we look at e-commerce, you know, here, here's folks that get technology because they're already online. Here's folks that have a, really a strong community around e-commerce. Here's a community that's really growing fast that has big needs. So it just made a lot of sense for us to kind of drill down into that specific kind of market and say, okay, how do we help serve this community and help them uh, scale and grow? So that kind of became our mission as we've as we've launched and really want to partner with them and. And a lot of them, you know, their strategies to go have an exit. So be part of, part of that ride. What are the, the top like 10, five or 10 challenges that you're seeing the e-commerce sellers coming up against? And how do you, how do you step in and save the day in offering a unique value proposition? What is that that really helps them thrive? Yeah, in the e-commerce space, you know, because it's it's product rich. You see, we've coming from uh, software as a service space, which really, you know, it's software, but it's still delivered as a service. Here, you actually got hard, tangible product, which has a whole supply chain. And if you look at what happened during COVID, I mean, the whole supply chain got disrupted, and that became a big problem for you know, a lot of companies. Meaning that either the demand was really high because people started shopping online. But supply chain got all kind of thrown out of whack. Uh, the cost of containers, you know, I think 5x, 6x uh, during this period of time. And getting goods became very hard. So there's been a lot of challenges for e-commerce. And, and during that time, you know, there was a lot of boom where there was a lot of consolidation. Uh, people started looking at, okay, who's looking to sell at this point? A lot of aggregators came in with private equity money. And bought up a lot of e-commerce businesses at that time. Uh, some that were healthy, some that were not so healthy. And during these kind of uh, last couple of years, you know, the challenges around supply chains, even though I've gotten a little bit better, the other big challenge has always been, okay, uh, how do I, how do I take it to the next level? How do I have enough capital? It's, what's interesting, you know, I've been in a lot of different spaces and e-commerce is one of those. If you're actually successful, you actually need more money. It's actually harder because more challenging because you're successful. Meaning that the moment you, you know, you try out, a, I'm going to bring in a small sample size of a particular product. If that does well, then you quickly need to have enough money to go buy more because you don't want to spend all the money of, you know, marketing that particular product, uh, getting the, the traffic there and then be out of stock. So. You're taking this kind of ongoing risk that you, you, you've got really small kind of window to say, okay, yeah, there's enough interest here. And yet this is skew is going to work. This particular product, uh, you know, color, whatever it may be is going to work. 
I got to go buy some more and get that uh, kind of replenished fast enough that I don't sell out. So success in this space has this, you know, its own set of challenges, its uh, own costs that, you know, in that sense, we're fairly doesn't. If she doesn't work, then yeah, you're out that money. It didn't move as fast as you wanted to. But if you're successful, it's even more costly. So, so the, yeah. So you, you, you talk about the, 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 the seller getting really successful, needing to shore up their inventory. And I'm guessing you guys step in to help them manage that, that capital piece of it and really step into helping them manage their finances overall in order to continue that success level. Can you, can you give some examples to how you've done that and what makes you different in solving that problem? Yeah, the, that's exactly the issue is, is that coming in and helping them with the, the capital is, is critical. Uh, and, and knowing when, I mean, you know, as a business, as business grows and scales, you know, having the capital needs varies throughout kind of that, that life cycle, that journey. And the better you can plan for the planned capital is always going to be cheaper than unplanned capital needs. So the better you have understanding of when you're needing capital, how much you're going to need. Most likely is going to be much uh, more cost effective for you than just getting surprised with it. So we're coming in not only from the prospect or perspective of helping them with the capital, but also helping them understand the business overall to when they need the capital, uh, as well as uh, understanding, you know, how, what, what's the right strategies to have in place? It's a combination of things. And that's the whole idea of kind of building the platform the way we did is we really want to help them on kind of all those fronts. Uh, and, I think of it more holistically. So, you know, there are people, e-commerce folks are selling on a variety of channels. They may be selling on Amazon. They may be selling on Walmart, mm-hmm. doing D2C through a Shopify e-commerce store. And to be able to step back and kind of look at the business holistically and understand okay, what are all the different costs uh, happening here that are kind of outside of that kind of particular channel to say, okay, there's additional uh, payroll costs. There's consultants I'm working with. There's uh, storage fees, 3PLs that they're working with. So there may be all these kind of, uh, after the initial, say, the, the cogs and, uh, and the, the fees that you may be paying for the platform, there's all these other additional expenses that are across the board. So be able to kind of identify all those and make sure you're factoring all that into understanding how healthy the business is financially. So I'm, I'm hearing cogs. I'm assuming that means cost of goods sold. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it's so funny when you start to talk about different things in fintech and fintech is the hugest alphabet soup there ever is. On a call, we had a conversation about risk and I don't think we did. I I don't think we had a real word in the entire sentence other than conjunctions to tie things together. And it was all acronyms. It was, it was hilarious. Uh, that's how the world of Amazon is. <laughs> Getting into it, it's just literally one acronym after the other. How does Viably set itself apart from its competitors in the capital space? And what unique features and services do you offer to these e-commerce businesses when they need the help? The approach we took was we actually built the platform with kind of layers. So we built the, the banking layer initially, then added in the funding layer. And then uh, we added in this whole software uh, layer where really helping the businesses see what the current cash flow situation is looking like across all the channels, uh, as well as be able to forecast to say, okay, 
what can I do with the existing cash flow? Can I go launch a couple of new product lines? Can I uh, add some product variations? Can I get more aggressive with my ad spend? Be able to forecast all those and run the different scenarios and see what the impact is on the cash flow. And, you know, the kind of natural byproduct of that is that people are like, okay, well, I want to go execute on this strategy. It makes kind of sound sense for me to do so. But for me to do it well, I'll need additional capital to do so. So I can either decide, okay, well, I'm going to not do five SKUs that I'm going to launch. I'm going to do three based with my existing cash flow. Or, you know, it makes sense for me to do five and take additional capital to go execute on that. So it's really empowering the seller having data-driven knowledge to say, what's right for you and your business based on the goals you have and where you're at in that journey? Um, you know, some sellers are you know, very new and then they're getting scaling things up. Others are really kind of at the point where they're shifting from growth to more profitability, get their EBITDA looking nicer so they can have a potential exit in the next 12, 18 months. So, so based on that, it varies. Yeah, you're giving them all the tools to decide if they need capital. What happens once they've realized, hey, I need to get capital? Do they go down to their local bank? Do they pick up, you know, the loan shark's phone. What do these guys do in order to get the capital they need to, to get moving? Yeah. The way we built the platform is as they're running the scenarios, they can say, this is a plan I've built out. I click fund this plan and they get different offers right to the platform. We are the institution that's bringing that to you. So we're providing the, the different offers based on the, the health of the business. So it's all coming from us and they can decide if it makes sense for them or not. Could they go to their local bank? Probably not, because traditional banking is looking at uh, the business difference. We're very future forward looking uh, approach where it's really about the, the, the health of the business. Uh, doesn't matter what's kind of happened in the past, long as, you know, the business is trending in the right direction, most likely you're fundable. If I'm an e-commerce person that's selling good services, how does your platform cater specifically to the needs of that very ideal customer to help them overcome the capital challenges to really propel them forward? There's different types of sellers in the space. So we've got a couple of different product options. So if they're, say, for example, retail, retail arbitrage or online arbitrage, typically on a lot of the marketplaces where you're having to wait 14 to 18 days, depending by the time ACH settles, you're, you're, you know, you're talking about two and a half weeks roughly just to get access to your money so that you can do something with it. They need capital like every day. They, the quicker they have access to money for that person, you know, we've built this cash advance type product. They're getting that kind of real time, same day. Uh, funding by having that every day makes it a whole lot easier for them to keep kind of doing the purchasing, keep getting more sales. So it allows them to grow much quicker. And the other types of sellers where it may be, say, for example, they're a wholesaler or authorized reseller, or they are uh, brand builders where they're actually buying all the raw materials, work with a co-packer uh, and producing a product, or even an importer where it's uh, bringing in goods from overseas and they need, you know, 20, 30% down now, they need another 70, 80% uh, in 60, 90 days to release the shipment. Those are different needs for that type of seller. So 
having a growth capital product for that type of seller makes a lot more sense because they need cash in, in larger chunks, but also at different intervals. So really building something to serve the audience is what we kind of opted for and, and just made a lot of sense because that's how we can help them scale. How does Viability's platform really harmonize the diverse tasks, whether it be financial or modeling or looking at inventory to help them create a budget? How does it create that seamless seamless and efficient experience for the e-commerce sellers? A lot of the e-commerce sellers, they're managing it to a degree. And usually they're managing it through spreadsheets, a variety of different spreadsheets. The fact that we kind of built in APIs that we're connecting into your, your Amazon stores, your Shopify stores, uh, into your bank and your credit cards, bringing all that data in real time, normalizing that data so that you can quickly see you know, how is it being categorized. This is all the types of revenue you have. Now, what do I want to do with it? You know, and the fact that we're looking at it, you know, across all the different streams. So it's not just siloed into one particular channel. It's mm-hmm. getting that holistic picture. That's oftentimes what's missing for sellers and just understanding the business at that level. Uh, so if we can help in that and you know, make, like I said, make better data-driven decisions, it's, uh, I think, a, a better win for them. Can you share a real-life example of how viability has transformed a e-commerce business or e-commerce seller's business and how you made their journey smoother, more efficient, and thus just more successful? One of our earlier customers was uh, coming out of uh, Q4 of last year. They were, you know, they're growing rapidly and unexpectedly as, you know, Q4 often happens. You can always, uh, especially kind of if you're selling on Amazon stuff, you may have uh, expectations that I'll do this well, but oftentimes you're still kind of uh, doing more than you know, than you'd expect. You're kind of uh, anticipating that, okay, I'll have this much growth, but you end up surprising yourself. Well, mm-hmm. once again, with these, in this space, every time you have that surprise, it gets even costlier. So this particular customer, you know, they opted in for doing kind of cash advance, which for some businesses makes uh, sense, even if you're not doing arbitrage. In this case, you know, it was a good, was a good strategy for Q4. But the moment he got into Q1, it's not as effective a strategy. So we worked with them to quickly you know, pay off uh, all the, the cash advance, as well as giving them capital enough to do all the restock for post-holiday inventory. And from there, started working with us. And every time we were looking at this as kind of a partnership uh, and getting to a point where, like in, uh, I guess, beginning of Q2, uh, we started working with a new vendor and this particular vendor was like, we only do 100% up front. We're not uh, doing, breaking up the, 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 uh, the cost over like, you know, 20, 30% and then 70% or 50, 50 needed cash up front. And, you know, he called me like at seven o'clock and I said, Hey, I need to place this order. I got to have, you know, a, a big chunk of money by like tomorrow to place this order so that I'm not, you know, missing out on certain time in, in my Q2 for a time frame. By 6 a.m. the next morning, he had the money in his Viably account and basically placed the order. How does Viably foster partnerships with other e-commerce technology companies and platforms? And how do some of these collaborations, I guess you could call them, contribute to your mission of empowering e-commerce sellers? 
it's, it's been critical. The e-commerce space is so tight to community uh, and partnerships is really what it's about. We want to basically partner with uh, with the whole ecosystem and say, okay, these are all the different services and stuff that you're probably touching anyway. Then how can we embed ourselves in that process? So we're looking at just not only kind of partnership from the standpoint of just, you know, playing well with others, but really adding kind of technology layers to streamline the experience for sellers so that the less they're spending time doing administrative stuff, the more times they can better service their kind of uh, end customers. So you mentioned freight carriers as being like a good friction point that you've removed. What are a couple additional friction points that you've either removed or just made a little bit smoother that would really stand out to to the audience? Another is anything around the ad spend. For most of these people who are doing brand, there, there's a significant ad spend to make that whole brand kind of come to life. Uh, usually the brands will have a particular spend that's normal for them throughout the year. But every time they're launching a new SKU, they're going to bump up or, you know, ramp up that marketing for that particular new product. That means they need additional capital to go do that. A lot of times they'll say, okay, well, I'll, I'll cover this with my cash flow because these are levers I can pull up and down. But every time you use cash flow for that, you're probably taking a hit from our standpoint, you know, it's, it's a growth cap. And that may mean, let me go, you know, hire some folks and uh, get a storage facility. So payroll and storage may be the right move uh, for using that capital. It's really what's the next best move that you need to make so that you can justify the, the capital you're getting. How do you take that money to make more money out of it? And when you look at the ways that you get the data in, are you pulling the data in from like a, a CRM like Connective or Sticky.io? Are you pulling in data from chargeback providers like Chargebacks 911? What kinds of integrations and partnerships have you built in the marketplace that really help you have better data for you to make better decisions for the e-commerce sellers? How are you making it more seamless for them to, for you to see the data and for them to deliver the data to you? Hey, Ted Huff here from Fintech Confidential. Let me introduce you to MPC 2023, the premier event for payments leaders. This is your chance to shake hands and rub shoulders with the world's top experts, connecting you directly with the future of commerce. Now here's the best part. When you sign up for Fintech Confidential Notifications, you will receive a discount up to 100% off. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now at www.fintechconfidential.com forward slash notifications. Don't let the future of commerce pass you by and join me at MPC in Atlanta from August 23rd through the 25th, where it's all about the movement of money. Yeah, at present, it's with directly with like Amazon and Shopify and the banks and credit cards. But over time, that's exactly kind of the direction we want to go. The more data points we can bring in, when it comes to funding, it's all about mitigating risks. So, you know, the, mm -hmm. the more data we have, the, the more assurance our ready team has, the easier it is to underwrite businesses. So when I start to look at all of these really complex pieces of data analytics, you just mentioned machine learning and AI in there as well. So you've got all these, these things going on. How small of a company 
fits your product and do they ever grow out of it? It goes back to money is an amplifier. If you're doing the right kinds of steps, more money is going to, you know, help fuel the right kind of decisions and, and strategies. We want to really help companies when they've, you know, gotten some traction, they've figured out, okay, yeah, this particular SKU is working. It's getting some traction. I figured out some of the ads levers that, okay, I could move the product and it's cost effective for me to do so. Then mm-hmm. more money just helps you scale. So that's why we, when we look at kind of 10,000 is that kind of sweet spot and say, okay, hey, you probably figured out some things. You're, you're moving in the right direction, at least with one SKU. Over time, you'll do it with additional SKUs and you'll keep growing. So that becomes kind of a, a key deciding factor to say, okay, is that? So you mentioned like the variance in how small to how large. And I can only imagine that they're going to have different needs and customer success and support, especially in the rapidly involving fintech and e-commerce landscape. How does Viably ensure that they're giving a top-notch customer service experience or customer experience in general? And we've got folks, three different types of folks. There are new sellers, new sellers that are working with mentors and consultants that are really helping kind of uh, shape the, the moves they're making. And then even say real entrepreneurs, they've had exits um, you know, in the past or multiple exits in the past. And now their whole goal is let me do it quicker and faster and bigger. So, you know, that is a different type of customer. And we want to basically work with, you know, all of them to say, okay, how do we help scale you? What's your exit plan? And a lot of times, you know, we find that, okay, that they're not there yet. So we help them say, okay, let's start thinking about kind of what is your exit? Where, where are you going with this? Because some of the, the best businesses, they kind of work backwards. They strategize. You know, we have another customer I'm working with. It's like, you know, he knows, uh, in the beginning of 2026, that's his exit. He knows and when he wants to have an exit. He knows where he wants EBITDA to be. He knows how much money he wants to put in his pocket. That was a beautiful thing when you could have that much kind of clarity because now you know mm-hmm. kind of when you're moving in the right directions. If you're off the mark, boy, you need to play catch up. And it's like just, you know, you've seen that diagram where A to B always seems like a straight line, but the reality of it is just looping all over the place before you get there. Yes, I know exactly and, which one you're yeah. talking about. And, and that's the reality. So, but if you never have that B, you don't know where you're headed. You don't know. And with any type of business, there's, there's an arc where there's a probably an optimal time to sell, not only from a exit and kind of money standpoint, but also from the standpoint of yeah, you cross that and you're going to hit burnout. You're not, you lose the interest, you lose the passion. We've talked about how you're helping e-commerce sellers stay ahead of the curve. How does viability stay current with the latest fintech, e-commerce trends and innovations? And how do you plan to adopt to evolve the platform to continue to serve your customers? Yeah, that's, you know, especially if you look back uh, over the last few months uh, after SPB stuff, it, uh, it woke everybody up. I, I think, uh, you know, there were certain assumptions everybody made about kind of the, the banking sector and, uh, and FinTech as a whole. It shook some people up. We'll see what it does. So we want to look at it from the standpoint of we building kind of making sound bets. Are we kind of helping the companies grow? It helps that we've kind of been there, done that. This is not our first time. Uh, we as a company are, as well as kind of, you know, having our customers trust as a partner with us as we kind of grow and, and scale 
our business and help our customers scale their businesses. What pearls of wisdom do you have for those in startups or fintechs that just want to take their business or their career to the next level? And what have you learned along the way that could could shed a little bit of light for them? Having been in the startup space for, for a number of years, probably the most recent aha has been around inside the e-commerce space and just looking at the creativity that folks have. It's just mind-boggling that, you know, if you think about all the products that are out there mm-hmm. and every day, I think like Amazon gets 3,200 or 3,700 new sellers every every day. They're innovating. They're coming up with ideas and solving problems. And the fact you can, you know, go do something, the fact that entrepreneurship has gotten to a point where you can take an idea and at least fuel it enough to you know, make a uh, an MVP, make a minimum viable product that you can take to market mm-hmm. and get a sense of, you know, is there a potential uh, need buyer uh, community that will accept this? It's just a, a very interesting time that we're living in. And yeah. I'm just glad to be kind of a part of that ecosystem in the community. So if you were to distill all of that down into one specific piece of advice, for a startup founder, whether it be in e-commerce or otherwise, what would that one piece of advice be? Wow. Let's say do it. Just do it. Iterate. Do it some more. Iterate. There's so many people that that don't take the chance. They don't bet on themselves. And I think they shortchange themselves. They're, there's amazing amount that you can learn through that journey. You know, you can't, I don't think you can lose if you go to down this path. I mean, that you get informationally richer. You learn more about the, the economy, the business, the how money flows about yourself uh, as a person. So just taking the action and doing it, I think uh, the net effect is you, you win either way. I've really enjoyed the time talking through learning about you, learning about your perspectives, learning about viability and what it offers out to the e-commerce side of the house. What is the best way to get in touch with you, Oz, to learn more about what is going on there at Viability? So for me, uh, I'm easy to follow. Uh, my handles uh, at Oz Merchant, whether it's Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. The, the company is, uh, Vibly is just run by the R-U-N-V-I-A-B-L-Y, uh, dot com. And that's also the same for all the handles, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, all those. Oz, I appreciate the time. I look forward to learning more about Vibly, seeing it continue to grow and watching it just explode along with e-commerce. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate this and uh, just granting me this audience. It's great. Support provided by MPC 2023.
the premier event for payments leaders. It's your chance to shake hands and rub shoulders with the world's top experts in payments, loyalty, blockchain, digital currencies, cybersecurity, consumer privacy, and other emerging fintech solutions, connecting you directly with the future of commerce. Mark your calendars for August 23rd through the 25th and join me and Fintech Confidential at the Westin Atlanta Perimeter North. Now here's the best part. When you sign up for Fintech Confidential notifications, you will receive a discount up to 100% off. Yeah, you heard it right, up to 100% off. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now at www.fintechconfidential.com forward slash notifications. Don't let the future of commerce pass you by and join me at MPC in Atlanta from August 23rd through the 25th, where it's all about the movement of money. This has been a production of Diamond D3 Media with all rights reserved. This is provided for informational purposes only. It is, it is not offered or intended to be used as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. We strive to provide accurate and up-to-date information, but will not be responsible for any missing facts or inaccurate information. You comply and understand that you should use any of this information at your own risk. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile financial assets, so research and make your own financial decisions.